Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Tiny Green Chats. I am your host, Jazz Jackson, and I'm here today with Monique. I'm very excited to introduce Monique. She's a founder of Butter and Lye, which is a Black-owned, eco-friendly company based in Brooklyn, New York. Um, they deliver high-quality natural soap uh, while being environmentally friendly, and I'm excited for you to be here. Hey, Monique. Hi. Thank you so much for having me, Jasmine. So today, I uh, want to talk a lot about how Butter and Lye was born, what your initial idea was, and how that sustainability journey has been from start to finish, as well as some yeah. other facts about you. Yeah, that sounds great. Um, I guess I'll, I'll start from the very beginning. So I've, uh, I'm a trained biochemist. I went to college with a biology a major. I went to grad school and I studied immunology and I worked in a biotechnology lab for about a decade before starting Butter and Lye. And so Butter and Lye kind of came from, for me, it was just a need for a more sustainable skincare product that had uh, very few toxins in it. I have very sensitive skin and I found that even if I got a uh, uh, sensitive skin face wash, it still had fragrances, it still had colors added. And I was really trying to build something that didn't have any of those things, just so that we could focus on the health of our, our skin instead of, you know, how good it, it smells or how good the product looks on, on my countertop. And so one thing that I knew I wanted to do when I first started Butter and Lye was build it as an eco-friendly company from the bottom up. So the foundation of it is eco-friendly. Uh, so what I do before I make any decision is I ask myself, how does this affect the planet? How does this affect the people on the planet, just the environment in general? And if it has a negative effect, I will not add the product to my product line. I won't add the packaging. I won't add any of it. And so I just need to make sure that everything that I add is eco-friendly first. And then after that, it's okay. So that's the number one thing that I look for in everything that I add to my product lines. That is amazing. Also, we're just gonna take time to celebrate the fact that you are or were a biochemist, okay? Yes. <laughs> yes. Immunotherapy. Um, exactly. What is that? Yeah. So immunotherapy is in your own body's immune system, helping to fight off disease. So the lab that I worked in, we actually had a drug that was used to treat cancer. And what it did was it would stimulate a cell in your body called the dendritic cell. And the dendritic cells are kind of like the generals in your body. And so they uh, make sure to tell all of the T cells, which are the ones that actually go out and fight, that there's something happening. And so the dendritic cell, they're also called antigen presenting cells. And that means that they're taking a little piece of the cancer, a little piece of the antigen, and they're presenting it to the T cells. So the T cells that say, okay, they're the soldiers. And so they're like, all right, we're going to go fight. We're going to go beat up this cancer. But sometimes they have a hard time finding it. And so the drug that I was working on stimulated stimulated that dendritic cell so that they could go out and help the rest of the immune system. Yeah, that's wild. So we have a biochemist, immunotherapist creating soaps that are sustainably good for the environment. And I need to check her out, Butter and Lie, once again. So talk about your products and what all do you offer? Okay, so right now we're offering just different household solutions that are a little bit more sustainable than the things that you find in the stores. So first off, we offer solid shampoo. 
Um, and so the shampoo bars are a little bit better for you or for the environment because number one, you don't have that plastic bottle. And that one plastic bottle that took you maybe two, three weeks to use is gonna stay on this earth for 450 years. And so we make sure that everything we do is plastic free. So our shampoo bar, it's just a one four ounce bar is gonna last just as long as maybe two of those plastic bottles. But after you're done, you're gonna have nothing that's left over because it comes in cardboard packaging that's completely compostable. So if you take that cardboard package and you cut it up into small pieces, you get it nice and wet, maybe dig a hole right outside in your garden, that cardboard package is going to be gone in a few months, as opposed to the plastic bottle that first of all, won't decompose, it's not compostable. So you can't put it in your in your outdoor garden, but that's not going to be gone for hundreds of years. And so we wanted to make sure that the products we had wouldn't have a lasting effect for future generations. Another product that we have is our solid dish soap bar. And so sometimes it's really hard to find dish soap that's not in a plastic container. So we have a really cool formula that uses uh, coconut oil, which is a very cleansing oil to clean your dishes. And since it's solid at room temperature, it's also a really hard bar. So it lasts a really long time. So that's another product that we have. We also have a lot of accessories like dish brushes that are plastic free. The dish brushes that we have are made from sisal and coconut husk instead of nylon fibers, which is commonly used and plastic handles. Our handles are made from bamboo. Uh, and we also have a lot of face and body bars and our line of face and body bars are fragrance free, uh, artificial color free, and they're as simple as possible because we know that skin on the face can be very sensitive. And so we eliminate anything that is not necessary from those bars. And we have a lot of other things, but we have some more things coming too. So I'm really excited about what's happening with Butter and Lye right now. Yeah, I like how you light up when you talk about each product, like it's your own baby. <laughs> it really is. I spent a lot of time in my kitchen formulating these products that they are my babies. <laughs> and, I like, and I like how you share. Uh, I don't know if it's you just taking it out of the, wherever you take it out of, but you have a picture of like all the soaps on the carriage and uh, yeah. all the different colors. It's really pretty. Like I like all the aesthetics about the brand. Thank um, you so much. For sure. I heard you mention like some, well, I know we talked earlier and you were talking about like some of the chemicals that are in soaps that not your average customer would know about. And sometimes mm -hmm. it's present on the label. You go into a little bit of uh, what types of chemicals that might be in your regular soaps. And is it some, is it a thing that it's too costly to be sustainable for bigger companies or like, what is the issue? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, so First of all, soaps, just, just to talk about what soaps are, if you take any sort of oil or butter, it could be animal fat, lard, it could be uh, cocoa butter, shea butter, or any oil, olive oil, coconut oil, it doesn't matter, and you mix it with lye, then you have soap. And so you, you need lye and, and oil in order to make soap. So you need both of those things. And so a lot of... Uh, commercial products are actually not soap. And the way that you could tell is how it's labeled. In order to call yourself soap, you need those two things. So if it says, for instance, moisturizing bar or body bar, then that means it's not soap. And so it's a little bit different. It's not going to be made the same way. And a lot of those bars are made using some chemicals that may or may not be toxic, but they're not 
using all natural ingredients like a natural bar of soap would. And one thing that I noticed that um, really forced me to start looking into my ingredients a bit more, especially with my body products, I used to use this very popular sensitive skin soap. And I was reading the ingredients and I noticed one of the first ingredients was sodium tallowate. And now as a biochemist, I understand what that is, but I, I feel like it was kind of masked, masked for the layperson. So if you see tallow or sodium tallowate, that's a soap that's made from animal fat. And most of the time, it's just animal fat that's left over from the factory farming industry, like beef fat or something like that. And so if you see sodium tallowate, know that they take beef fat that's left over, they buy it up from these companies. And so that goes back to what you said about it being cheaper. That fat is going to go to waste. And so they're buying this leftover fat, they mix it with lye, and you get a soap product and the soap works pretty well. But me as a vegetarian and as an eco-conscious consumer, I know how bad the animal farming industry is for the environment. And that's not something that I want to support, not even with the soap that I buy, let alone with the food that I eat. So just being really careful with reading your ingredients list on anything that you buy, not just the foods that you buy, but also the skincare products that you buy, I think is really important because these companies, and but just like you said, they're, it, they're trying to make sure that their bottom line is as high as possible because they have investors that they need to support and investors that they need to make money for. So when you're supporting small businesses, especially small businesses that are eco-friendly, don't have investors that they need to keep happy, they make different business decisions. So my business decisions aren't based on how much profit I could make for my investors. My business decisions are based on how I could make my customer's skin as healthy as possible without impacting the environment. That's amazing. And I'm listening to you and trying to um, understand like, okay, if it doesn't cost that much for you to be sustainable, why not take that, that route instead? But bottom line is definitely a key factor. Um, yep. And I'm glad you are, again, leading in those efforts. Are there uh, a lot of companies? I know they're usually smaller, but are there a lot of soap companies that are uh, like smaller soap companies that are doing this as well? Or yes. It's kind of like in a very niche market. So I wouldn't say that there are a lot. I think that there are very few companies in general that are built from the bottom up with sustainability in mind. What you see more often is companies adopting sustainable business practices and adding it to what they already have. For instance, there are companies that used to package in like a plastic film over their soaps but now they're you know, selling their soaps with a paper band or selling their soaps naked. Um, but a lot of those soaps, so with natural soaps, one thing that you wanna be cognizant of is the ingredient palm oil. So our soaps are palm oil free because there's a little bit of issue with uh, the sourcing of palm oil and that taking away the environment for a lot of orangutans. And so there are initiatives out there that are certifying palm oil just to make sure that you're not destroying environments by putting this, uh, this ingredient in your soap, but it's something that not all companies do. So it just generally, I try to stay away from palm oil because of that reason. So even though natural soaps have all natural ingredients, you also want to think about how those natural ingredients are affecting the people in the areas where those natural ingredients are harvested from. 
And so one thing that we do to circumvent that is our main ingredient is sunflower oil. And we source the sunflower oil from a farm that's directly adjacent from our manufacturer. So first of all, we're using, we know that it's coming from uh, a place that is not destroying the environment. We know that the workers are being paid fair wages. It is an American uh, company that we source it from. And also there's much less carbon that's being released into the atmosphere because you don't have to ship sunflower oil across the world. We're only shipping it a few blocks away. And so that's also kind of diminishing the amount of carbon that goes into making of the into the making of the product. So you have a, um, a holistic uh, type of production setup. We're reducing carbon footprint. We have cardboard and um, less plastic packaging. No plastic packaging. Um, plastic green. Yeah, exactly. And then you even have like uh, ink on your uh, packaging that um, helps it become more uh, what is it uh, compostable. So. Yes. Uh, so funny story with the packaging. I went through a lot of different designs and I ended up with the simplest design because it was hard to, to find out information about the ink. So I did find a non-toxic ink, but I because the blend is proprietary, I don't know all of the ingredients in that ink. And so I decided the best way to prevent releasing a bunch of toxins into the environment is to use as little of it as possible. And so we're actually going through a package redesign and, and we're taking even more away from the package. So you'll probably see that pretty soon. But our packaging is something that we think about all the time. And so it's really, really simple. If you ever go to our website and you see our packaging, you'll see that it's only white ink. It's not colorful at all. And it's really simple. It's mostly empty space. And there's just very few words just to let the consumer know what they're putting on their body. I like it. I love it. I meant to ask you earlier, but I did want to go into your roots a little bit. As a Black founder, as a Black woman founder, I really want to get into what that was like when you first started and where does that come from? Where does that stem from? Yeah. Yeah. Like what just, what, what made you say, all right, we're going to start a new company? I mean, we talked about it earlier, but where does that, that interest come from? You know, so my parents, they immigrated from Haiti. And when they first came over here and they started their family, they wanted to make sure to give their family the best life possible. And so my parents always had little businesses growing up. My father had a little variety shop where he was selling baseball cards and, you know, like packs of gum. I remember these little slap bracelets that me and my siblings would play with that he had in his store. <laughs> that was so much fun. And my mom, she would resell baby clothes. And so the, just that entrepreneurial spirit was kind of just instilled in us as a kid because our parents did it for because they needed to. And so one thing that I remember from my childhood is we would have yard sales all the time. And my siblings and I were in charge of the iced tea stand. And I remember that one week, my mom was like, we should change this a little bit. Let's add a little vanilla extract. It's like a Haitian specialty, add a little vanilla to your iced tea. And so we added vanilla extract and the customers were pouring in that day and they were even coming back for seconds. And I think that experience just showed me the importance of making sure that you're giving your customers the best ingredients possible. If you give them the best and they love it, they're just going to keep coming back for more. I don't think that you need to trick your customers with like fancy bright packaging or, you know, these 
marketing gimmicks. They don't need all of that. You just need to give them what they what they need and the best possible, the highest quality possible, and they're going to come back. And so my parents were really, really crucial for developing the entrepreneurial spirit that I have. And it started off really young. <laughs> yeah, really early. <laughs> That's amazing. Right now, although I had entrepreneurial spirit, more so in like, like very small spurts of um, like my childhood and now I'm learning to uh, embrace that a lot more but mm -hmm. my brother he was selling candy in like elementary school so <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly I would go into school with a bag of blow pops and sell them for a quarter each <laughs> okay. Okay. yeah I remember that so yeah, <laughs> talk about your customers. Like that's one of the things, like keep your customers coming back. Um, at one of your jobs, whether directly or indirectly, is you bringing awareness to your customer about sustainability. What has that response been like in that education piece? Um, I, I think it's been very positive. People are very interested in learning how their decisions affect the environment. And they're also starting to support businesses that think about that too. And so it's almost like a shortcut, you know, instead of them going out and doing all the research, if you support an eco-friendly business, you know that research has been done. And so the products that you're buying are going to, aren't going to have a negative effect on this planet. And so I think that customers are becoming more aware and they're becoming more conscious, like more eco-conscious. They're caring a bit more about the environment. And because of that, I'm, I'm seeing just a, a large influx of, you know, conversations uh, surrounding the products that people use and just like a lot of questions. People are always asking me questions through my Instagram. I get a lot of DMs from customers who just want to learn more. And so I'm very happy to educate as much as possible. Even though I do have a, a product-based business, I am very interested in the educational aspect of it as well. And so I'm very happy when people come up to me and ask questions and want to do a little bit more research. That's a really good sign for just the future of our environment and the world. I think um, educated customers is way more happier with the products that they buy. Absolutely. Right? Mm -hmm. What is the most satisfying part about being an entrepreneur, operating butter and lye, producing the soaps? If it were me personally, it'd be like, again, taking the soaps out and looking at like, like cutting it and looking at how nice they look. Um, <laughs> Cause that's just visually appealing to me. But what is the most satisfying part about it all? Um, it, you know, it happened really recently. I was just like going through like my business books and I was searching around for payroll software because I'm finally to the point where I could hire someone. And so just like being able to not just build the business, but also offer a job is that, that like soothes my soul. I'm just so excited that I'm finally getting to that point in my business. Um, but I think that that's probably been the best feeling out of this entire year long journey getting ready to hire. And what has been one of the things that you've had to grow a lot from? Um, I think that it was really difficult because I launched this business in March of 2020, right when the world was kind of flipping upside down, no one knew what was happening. Um, and I think that my, my biggest thing to overcome was that feeling of, um, 
just wanting to do it. So I felt like, who am I to start this business? The world is going through so much right now. Uh, I, and then I'm over here starting a business and trying to like move on with my life. I should pause just like the whole world, just like everyone else. And then something, it was just overcoming that hump because even though I launched my business in May, sorry, in March, you could tell just by looking at my Instagram that there's almost no activity until June. And it wasn't until George Floyd uh, was killed that I, it just lit a fire under me. I was just like, oh no, I'm going to do this. Like, this is really important. You know, I want to build generational wealth for my people. I want to make sure to... Uh, educate as much about eco-friendly and I want the face and the eco-friendly scene didn't have a lot of black women, a lot of black people in general. And so I wanted my face to kind of be synonymous with that eco-friendly scene as well. And so a lot of things just started happening in June, but overcoming that, that feeling of, you know, you shouldn't be doing this right now was probably the hardest thing that I had to do with launching. Isn't it scary? But you get over it because you know there's something bigger than you, right? Yeah, exactly. And that's what it is. And I think that's why this business has been successful because it is bigger than me. It's not just my business. It's it's not just about the soap. It's about so much more than that. So it's been it's been wonderful. And so when we wrap up, um, unless you have um, words to say, because um, we can go on. But if, when we wrap up, we like to have one takeaway our listeners that you'd want them to keep when you know and take this out into the world outside of tiny green checks um i would say so especially if you're eco-friendly don't try to be 100 zero waste because if i was 100 zero waste and everything that i did was perfect it still wouldn't have as big of an impact as if the seven plus billion people in the world did one thing that's gonna have a bigger impact than me doing everything. And so I always tell people, don't be discouraged because you can't do it all. Like just do that one thing and you are making a difference in this world. I love it, very applicable. It's not always, it's it's never the goal to be 100% zero waste because it's mm -hmm. almost unsustainable, you know? So that's a yeah, great- Yeah, it's really hard. It's hard with, with the businesses and the products that are available to us, the price points as well, eco-friendly products, they're a little bit more expensive. It's really difficult. And I think that we're alienating a big group of people if we're shaming them for not doing everything perfectly. You know, we should be celebrating their little wins. And I just feel like that's something we should be doing in general, just celebrating those little wins in life. Exactly. Where you can make a difference is where you can make a difference. So... Mm -hmm. Let us let the people know where they can find you um, on your socials, how they can get in contact with you if they have more questions. Absolutely. So you could follow us on Instagram at Butter and Lie. That's B-U-T-T-E-R-A-N-D-L-Y-E. We answer all of our DMs, all of our comments. So if you have any questions, that's a really good place to reach out to us. And you could also just visit our website at butterandlie.com. Thank you so much, Monique. This has been great. Um, very, very informative. Um, I wish you all the best with Butter and Lye, and I will be picking up some products. Thank you so much for having me. See you guys next time. Hey, everyone. Thanks again for listening to today's episode. Please feel free to reach out to Monique on her Instagram or website. As she said, she'd be more than happy to answer any questions that you may have. Her Instagram is at Butter and Lye, and her website is butterandlie.com. 
In terms of Tiny Green Chats, we release a new episode every Thursday for Tiny Chat Thursdays at 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, so follow us, subscribe, and turn on the notification bell to stay updated with the latest news and information regarding the environment. We are at Tiny Green Chat, no S, on Instagram, and at Tiny Green Chats on our Twitter and everywhere else. Please feel free to email tinygreenchats at gmail.com with any questions or inquiries. Thanks again, and see you next time!